and PK. It's 975 at 1280 The Zone, and we are joined now by the radio studio analyst for the Utah Jazz, Tim Lacombe. You hear him on the pre-half and post-game with Jake Scott. Tim, good morning. Good morning. How we doing, guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. PK and I seem to be a little healthier than Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Jawan Morgan. We're all out tonight. And Donovan is out for the rest of the regular season, and we're just curious, your level of concern. Um, for Donovan's health in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm not really concerned. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little bit more than than what we'd hoped in terms of an ankle. Um, but I just, from my experience, I think this is a perfect time and uh, to rest him, you know, get him healthy, especially if Phoenix keeps playing along, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like when you have a, a really good player out of a game um, with foul trouble or maybe his ankles hurting him a little bit and you've got a big lead and there's no reason to put him back in um, to jeopardize anything. And I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, I look at that last, that, that week that we've never really had before prior to the playoffs, the jazz will have. Um, and I think that's going to be a magical week where everybody, uh, sings kumbaya and healing thoughts and therapies go through the team and everybody's ready to roll by the playoffs. That's kind of my hope. So, Tim, you're you're a rock and roller. Everybody knows that. In the 2021 inductees, we got Tina Turner, Todd Rudgren, the Foo Fighters. We got Carol King. And then we've got the Go-Go's. How in the world can the Go-Go's be mentioned at the same level with Carol King? I don't understand that. No offense to the Go-Go's, but Carol King should have been in a long time ago compared to the Go-Go's. That's the real travesty of the morning. Well, I think that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing's gone off the rails years ago. I mean, I think it was just a year or so ago they put Rush in, for heaven's sakes. Um, how can <laughs> you they should have never put him in, I agree. Who? <laughs> you know, you know, you're just pulling the pin on the grenade at that point, man. The Rush fans, they are hardcore. Oh, they're he just, well, they're he, coming for he's you. The best too, because he he reached in, pulled the pin, and ran to the other room. Which is my favorite <laughs> thing about him. Rush, yeah. Can, can you just play fingernails on a chalkboard instead? That would be a lot more fun. Well. They're talented, talented fingernails on the chalkboard. Let's put it that way. But how do you have the Go Go's at the same level of Carol King? Come on, it's ridiculous. I know, man. There needs to be like wings. There needs to be like bubblegum wing. You know, uh, heart and soul, like blood and guts. But Go Go's would definitely be in the bubblegum wing for, for sure. Tapestry versus our lips are sealed. But it, but it is like a, it's like an art museum. You know, you go through and. It's to everybody. You know, there's a lot of fans of the Go-Go's out there. They'll be thrilled. And uh, and they, so you can just walk right by that painting if you want to. Just go study the Van Gogh. <laughs> They're there because they got the beat. That's it. Bottom line. Does seem like they should have stayed on top everybody, for another. Everybody, you got off your feet. Does seem like they should have stayed on top for another decade for this to happen. But, oh, well. I think Belinda Carlisle just brought us off that she's Belinda Carlisle should be in in any capacity. <laughs> but that, that's for another show. Yeah, that that's inappropriate, Tim. No, Strike she, that she from the wonderful. Record. She was wonderful. <laughs> All right, if I got to talk basketball, I will. Uh, you 
had uh, Majerus as a heavy influence. How difficult is it knowing what Majerus would think for a coach like Quinn Snyder to just say, Jordan, you're in. There's the ball and there's the basket. Go at it. Well, I think it's unique. Um, Jordan spoke to it you know, this year many times that he really does feel like he's found a place that understands him. Um, and, you know, I know the book on him is he's going to shoot it every time he gets it. And, you know, I think sometimes that wears thin on, on fans and people that watch. But, you know, what happened in the fourth quarter the other night is what excites me about Jordan and why I'm a big fan because the guy's relentless at going to get baskets. And, um, you know, sometimes he struggles. He doesn't take different shots. They're the same shots as some nights they go in and sometimes they don't, but he's going to give you a great effort. And where I I'm feel like Jordan's made a major step is I think he's really trying harder defensively. I noticed last week in a couple of games, you know, there's some responsibility when you're off the ball, um, you know, to have to, to protect somebody that goes to give a little bit of help and you're always kind of on a string. So if there's, you know, two guys that step to help, you know, you've got to step toward it and kind of be a stunt guy. Um, and Jordan's doing an awesome job at stuff like that. I and mean, I just didn't feel like he was doing a whole lot of that when he got here. So those are the little things. I know, I know people want him to find available guys more and that sort of thing. But I think Jordan's going to be so valuable when it comes to playoff time um, because he feels no pressure. And just like the other night, he can turn a really tough night into a you know, amazing night in one quarter. And so that's why it's fun to watch him. That's why I'm glad he's on the Jazz. And, again, another guy, he and Bojan in the same, you know, not the same calendar week, but within a week, they score 40. And they're ancillary, you know, quote-unquote ancillary players. You're not your front-line guy. So I don't know if we've ever had that situation. We've had a couple different guys that could go for 40. And that's certainly exciting when you think about, uh, what that can do for the Jazz in the playoffs. So Jordan hasn't had great playoffs in the past. Now he hasn't had a lot of them, right? A little bit with Cleveland, a little bit in the bubble. So do you think this is going to be different than those? you think it's going to be uh, a little off the charts here? I mean, he shot a little under 35% from three in the bubble, which isn't a great number, but I think especially when you consider in the bubble, we saw so many guys shoot better. You know, no travel, shooting background, no fans, all that kind of stuff. But you think yeah, he could really couple, go off? A couple things I think that play in his favor. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing a lot more games at home, you know, in this situation. And they're going to be the one seed, it looks like, man. I don't want to jinx them, but Phoenix keeps playing along. So that's good. Um, but I think, you know, again – he can look at Quinn and Quinn can look at him and there's an understanding. And I don't feel like he's ever felt like he's had that before. So um, his confidence is, is an all time high. You know, I don't think he thinks one bit about missing a shot and um, that's all good stuff. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to have this great playoff run, but I'm telling you, he's, he's going to be important because he's one, the one guy out there that doesn't feel the pressure. I really believe it. I, I think he comes out, He's the same guy every night. Um, and that kind of thing can really help, especially when you get in tough situations. 
Yeah, it can. And then I, I think that, too, uh, they and this goes for just about every player out there. Uh, we saw the other night there was a lot of pressure on him to get that team back, and he did. So, you know, I don't know that I necessarily worry about past playoff performances because if I got Conley and Mitchell in the lineup for the start of the playoffs, don't you think that that really eases the burden on everybody else? Yeah, it, it should, right? In a perfect world, maybe the question is going to be, especially with Donovan not making it back, um, you know, for the rest of the season, um, you know, that last, that week's going to be really important because then you've got all, you've got that period of time, hopefully, and you can be healthy and play. But yeah, I think the pressure, unfortunately, and it's just the way this, this works is the pressure goes to the, the guys with the, with the most, um, you know, the, the kind of bring the most to the table. And I think Donovan's always going to be number one on the scouting report when he's healthy for the Jazz. Um, and Mike Conley's a, such a key because he's had 13 years in the league. He's played in the playoffs. You know, he's a veteran. So he can handle a lot of that pressure, too. Um, your guy Joe has been unbelievably good, you know, since Donovan's been out. And he hasn't been, you know, hasn't just been putting up eye-popping numbers. But if you watch one of the game plan things uh, against Joe, is they pick him up full court and make him bring that thing, um, you know, wear out energy and make him really kind of, you know, think about every dribble. And I think Joe's been great. You know, he had a couple turnovers late in a game the other night that the Jazz won. Uh, But he's he's handled the ball the majority of the time. Trent Forrest has helped some. But that's really a, a... real thing that the Jazz will benefit from, too, is getting Mike back on the ball, Donovan back on the ball, you know, Joe being able to handle the ball some, but still, you know, still get the ability to shoot, catch and shoot threes. And then, of course, uh, it allows Jordan just to roam and do Jordan things. I'm excited to see how it affects Bojan, too, because he's been so terrific during this stretch. Tim Lacombe joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We have seen uh, the Mavericks and the Lakers. Uh, Mark Cuban, LeBron James complain about this play-in series, but it seems to me like it is a big hit. It's got teams playing hard. The Blazers are playing hard to avoid it. The Lakers are playing hard trying to avoid it. I think the teams in it are playing hard. The Warriors have put together some good games trying to improve their odds as much as possible. Even if you're in it, if you win that first one, it's just one game, right? And you can get to seven and all that stuff. Is this here to stay? You think the NBA is loving this? I think it is. I sure have liked it. Um, the difference in, in quality of games at this time of year, you know, t- compared to prior years, is there's no comparison. Um, I think everybody started to, you know, bring everybody back in and started playing 10 day guys and really resting everyone. And honestly, there's, you know, every spot for the most part, there's a pretty nice race. Um, and, you watch games and the stars are playing and the games mean something. And I, and I think that's what the NBA was doing, even to the point where, you know, that last day was all TBD. And now they're going to play all those games within a block of time where, you know, you can't sit and watch scores and figure out how you're going to sub and that sort of thing. So I, I like it. I really like it. I don't know. I mean, for years that eight became sacred and they were in the playoffs, um, you know, it's it's just a little bit of a 
a tweak to to that, and it gives more teams opportunity, and it creates excitement. It keeps um, you know the coaches and, and players invested and involved, and I think that it, all that stuff's really good for the game and fans. You speak of Boyan, and obviously it's been cool to see him turn it on, and he spoke of earlier of being in the worst slump of his lifetime, basically, or certainly as an NBA player. Uh, is it just repetition, or what is it that you think has allowed him to flourish to the level he has? Let me start by saying I love Boyan. I absolutely love watching this guy play. I went to lunch yesterday with a longtime high school coach, Um that was kind of a mentor to me and we were eating lunch together and uh, we started talking about the jazz and his first comments were about going on and just how funny he is to watch and all the little things he does. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I know he, he becomes a little bit of the, uh, you know, he's had, he's had some ups and downs this year. He's had, you look at his box scores and he'll go, you know, 20, 17, six, 18, 21, Four, you know, uh, and it's kind of like that. And he hasn't had years like that. So it's nice to see him in this groove he's in right now. I think there's a couple reasons why. David mentioned he's, you know, this year he's getting 25% less shots than he got last year. Um, so obviously you're going to you're gonna have to adjust to that. You're a scorer, you're a shooter, and that ball should be in your hands from time to time. And if, you know, that that's one out of every four trips, um you know, and you're not getting an opportunity. So that's one thing that he's adjusted to. I don't, I don't complain about that or argue about it. It's just the facts of the, the nature of his team. Um, number two, I think his health was, was really a concern. I think his wrist, you know, he had surgery. His wrist was bugging him, and he never really got that opportunity to get out and play in the off season. you know, whatever the off season was, three weeks or something. Uh, but then – when he got back in, I think it was just kind of now he got thrown back into it and he kind of had to do things on the fly. So I think there was a combination of, of a little bit of fear about the, the injury itself. I mean, many times, I think during the season where he went to the floor, grabbed his wrist, you know, Rudy helped him up from that wrist once and about yanked it out of socket. You know, he, he kind of grimaced. Um, so I think that's been part of it. He, he, in my mind, what he ended up doing to simplify things is he started being a little bit more reliant on the rim, and particularly to start games. You'll see him get down there, um, get something in the paint, or get something going to the rim. And then when he gets those wide-open threes, he's in a rhythm, and he's got a little bit of confidence because he's seen that thing go in. Um, the other piece I would give just immense credit to is the coaching staff. Uh, this stuff doesn't just happen. Uh, players don't just, you know, I mean, players are driven and all that, but they, coaching really is important. And the, the things that they do with those guys and the way they get them to develop and improve, um, I've seen it with every guy on the Jazz team this year. I've seen every guy take a step in one facet or the other. And um, I'm just thrilled that Boyan's where he is. Seems like a hell of a good guy. And I'm really uh, cheering for him. Hopefully the playoffs go well for him and, and, um, and that he's a key cog to a long run. So if you think the coaching staff and the things that they've done during the course of the season are underrated, then I think the other thing that's underrated is what had to happen with the front office and Ryan Smith to keep Alex Jensen 
happy and keep him on the coaching staff because the threat of him going to the U felt very real, and uh, they did some major stuff to take care of him and keep him. So that underrated and underplayed, but then you got to think that that was really important. Yeah, the front office is is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, you start to look back at how they acquired these pieces, and you know, when you look at Jordan Clarkson, every time he's out there, like he gets forty-one. You know, you backroom deal Dante Exum out of Dodge to get him. Um, I, I think these guys have just done a great job building the team they had to build to change the narrative. Um, you know, this is a perfect built team to shoot 43 threes a game because it's, you know, you have to respect everybody that's on the floor and then you've got perhaps the best green and roll guy in the game or, or certainly the best screen assist guy as Locke would say, but that stuff's real too. I mean, Rudy, you can go try to set a screen or you can give your entire body to a screen and Rudy gives his entire body to a screen every single time. Um, so, uh, my my thought is the front office has, you know, it, it's been their brainchild, you know, along with Quinn, but they've built this team to play exactly this way. Um, and right now, you know, it's a, it's been really really successful. The playoffs are a whole different thing. Um, everybody around here gets amped up, but also everybody starts to bite their fingernails. Um, my hope is we can just sit back and enjoy this thing. Um, the Jazz have worked hard to get themselves to this spot. This the front office, the coaching staff, the players. Um, maybe one of those years where whatever happens, we just get behind this team. Uh, you know, crazy stuff can happen with good mojo and energy. I know Brian Smith's a big believer in that. But, yeah, credit across the organization because uh, for what this year's been, what it's meant, um, the, the challenges with COVID, the way these guys have really kind of come together. It's, it's really an uh, inspiring story, and I hope they can just continue to play as long as possible. As always, we appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. W- one last thing. I've got a – the party hunts are coming to Utah. And uh, we're going to play the 10th and 11th – excuse me, the 9th and 10th of July. So you guys are invited. I would love you to come. You sauna? No, you sauna a little uh, We went ahead and got rice knuckles. Uh, <laughs> borrowed the stage from the uh, aquarium. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually going to play a little venue down here in Provo. Uh, details to be out there soon. We're going to play two nights of, of really cool go- go-go stuff. A lot of go-go's, right? That's your, go-go. That's your jam. <laughs> Why is he playing the go-go? They're going to the Hall of Fame. Because I motioned for him to play your band, and he... I had him queued up. Went ahead and played the Go-Go's, and then we both, we both started giggling and laughing at each other. The comedy's actually go. pretty good. Right, like, exactly. We started work. giggling. So. The party the hounds have work. the beat. Let's be, let's be clear about this. I'm, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to put my house slippers on, a hat, drive to the nearest supermarket and get me a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> there it is. That's what that made me want to do. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate it. Bye. 
Tim Lacombe here tonight. He'll be on the Jazz half, uh, pregame half, and postgame shows here on the Zone Sports Network. 6.30 for the pregame. The game tips at 7.30. The Jazz and the Blazers. Question of the day. Two-parter coming up next. Stay with us.